Good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to Grapevine Ministries. My name is Phil Barker, and today we'll be speaking about the Word of God, covering everything from Genesis to Revelation. And I hope and pray that you enjoy these sermons, and I look forward to hearing from you comments about the messages that we bring forth. Today I've entitled my message, I Want My People Well, because God makes it very clear throughout the scriptures where he talks about how he wants you well, spirit, soul and body. And the song before that is, which is a Victory Life song, it was written here by Pastor Rob and the, and the praise and worship team. It says, keep your eyes on the healer. Too many people focus on their problems. What's wrong with them? What ails them? Whether it's mental, whether it's physical, or it's psychological. And they focus on that. And why? Because of our human nature, we find ourselves in a situation where our emotions control everything else that we do. And even to the extent where you can cry when you're happy and you can cry when you're sad, you can cry when you're in pain and you can cry when you've actually been hurt or disappointed in things that are going on in your life. Yet we forget to rejoice with all the good things that happen in our life. You know, I've heard it said before that sometimes you look around a congregation and you look at the Christians in the auditorium and they all look so miserable. It's terrible. We should be overjoyed because we got so many things to be grateful for. We know where we're going to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. So we're, as a born-again believing Christian, we know where we're destined to be. Our time here on earth is just a small, minute component of our whole existence because we're going to reign for a thousand years in the heavenlies. But so why are we so miserable? Why? Why is that? It's all doom and gloom. You know, I remember, you know, and I'm no, I'm no stranger to this, you know, and all of this is leading up to when I'm actually going to start teaching and, and, and giving you, you know, a five or six series uh, CDs on what my 
illness was, where we were at, where we were going, where we thought we were going, and where we eventually ended up and what God did in our lives. So it's more than just a matter of being ill and then becoming well. I mean, I could have had a pity party. Yeah, I think I did have a few actually. But because of what the circumstances around that. But you've got to remember who we are and what we are. See, sometimes God deals with us at the level that we're at. He knows more about us than what we do. But we are actually focusing on emotional things. How do we feel today? How many times have you been asked that? Oh, how are you feeling today? You know, how's your day been? And do you really need to tell the person that is asking you everything that's wrong in your life? No. So I, I, had a, I had a day off yesterday. I had a special day off, and I spent the day with my lovely wife. And everybody kept asking me. I said, oh, I said, uh, how was your day? And I go, oh, it was great. I loved it. Really enjoyed it, every part of it. Because I didn't worry about, didn't worry about my bills. I didn't worry about anything that was going on at home. Didn't worry about the kids. I didn't worry about, you know, what's going to happen at work today and what I needed to do. I just enjoyed the day. And the best thing apart, apart from being actually physically with my wife, the best thing about the day was we actually got to see God's beauty and what he's created. So we should need to look around and see what God's created for us. Not what man's created, not the buildings and, and, you know, museums and art galleries and, and, and uh, entertainment centers and things like that and, picture theatres and all of these type of things. And look at what God's created. You know, the trees and the birds and and uh, all the scenery and everything. So my wife is fascinated that every time that she goes out somewhere, uh, little willy wagtail seems to follow her around. It's almost like God just manifests a little, little willy wagtail and it follows her up and down the street or in the park where she is, you know. And God shows you things in different ways. With my wife, it's all about birds. Any type of bird can be from a duck to a swan to a little willy wagtail, a sparrow, any of these type of things. You know, all the pigeons flying around in formation, all of these type of things. He uses birds to show her what he's done. And I, I listened to there was a there was a DVD that was going around for a while, and it was talking about you know. Uh, um, God's miracles. Okay. And he's talking about different things and he, he talks about birds in that. And a bird is an incredible creature that God has created. And you actually have a look at how a bird has been put together. It's, it's phenomenal what they can actually do. So if anybody ever calls you a bird brain, you know, take that as a compliment. It's not an insult. It's a compliment because I'll tell you what, I mean, you know, a little tiny brain in a bird. The navigational ability of a bird and what it can do and what it can't do is absolutely phenomenal. But God created that. So do you think he spent a little bit more time creating you? You better believe it, he did. He spent a lot of time creating you. And so you are very unique to him. 
And he wants you to live a long and prosperous life. He says he wants you to prosper as your soul prospers. So prospering is prospering financially and also physically. So you can't live a long and prosperous life if you are in ill health. So God, you know, he, he dealt me with it in, in this area and he had a few words to me and, and uh, you know, like most fathers, okay, when I'm doing the wrong thing, he slaps you around a little bit. So he was trying to pull me into line and tell me, hey, wake up and smell the roses. You know, basically, what did my word say? What did my word say? So we need to find out what his word says and we need to continuously remind ourselves of what his word says. And through Jesus' stripes, we are healed. <clears throat> God wants every believer to be healed and whole. Now, in John 3, 3 John 2, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health even as the soul prospers. He's been very specific in his words. John 3, 2, it is clearly stating that he wants you to prosper and be in good health. He doesn't want you to be sick. After Jesus was raised from the dead, he appeared to his disciples and issued certain decrees or orders, as you may put it, or directions. It depends on which way you interpret this. What was Jesus making sure that the disciples knew that they needed to do? Because he wanted to make sure that healing was one of those important things. And this is what he said to them. Go into the, all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not he that believes will not be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. And in my name you will cast out devils, you shall speak with new tongues, and they'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. Mark sixteen fifteen through to 18. That is our great commission. That's what it's all about. You're not going to be sick. Nothing's going to come against you. Believe and receive. So it's a twofold thing. It's one of the hardest things I learned because the thing is I found that it's easy to believe for other people. Okay? It's easy to believe in the word of God. I said, well, I believe what's written in here. But that's, that's for other people. That's not for me personally. You know? I hope you're enjoying today's message. Thanks for tuning in. I'm praying for you today as you spend time in the Word that your faith continues to grow and strengthen. Grapevine Ministries relies on the support of listeners like you. 
Your generosity helps us continue spreading the word and making a positive impact. You can visit our website at grapevineministries.buzzsprout.com or follow the links in my bio if you feel led to give. You can also support this ministry by subscribing and sharing this episode. And now, without further delay, let's jump back into the Word of God. Sometimes you have to be selfish. And why I'm talking about being selfish, I'm talking about being selfish in in getting what God's got for you. I always thought, well, you know, if I'm going to ask God for something, I've got to make sure it's really good because I only get one shot at it. You know, I mean, three billion people on the earth. So, uh, you know, in, in the European society, I mean, there's three billion people in the inner sanctum of uh, China. But, I mean, you know, I'm talking Western society. So do we all only get one shot at it? So what are we going to ask for? Are we going to ask for healing? Going to ask for prosperity? Are we going to ask for just a new car? The right wife to marry? Okay. But that's not how it works. That's not what it says. All right? You're allowed to be greedy. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything will be added unto you. Not everything that you're entitled to, but you're only entitled to one. You ever heard it? someone says, oh, I said, what would you do if you found a magic lamp and you could rub it and that popped the genie and the genie says, you got three wishes. Okay. So what are those three wishes? And you go, oh, now if I make the wrong wish, okay, then it's going to mess up the other two. You've only got three shots at it. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, he says, the desires of your heart shall be given unto you. So what is it you're desiring today? What is it that you want? What is it that you want God to give you personally? Okay? And he wants you to be greedy. Okay? So I asked for healing. I got healing. Does that mean I can't ask for anything else? No. But what's he asking of us? Just to believe in him. So what we've got to do is we've got to make sure that we put things in a perspective. Every single word in the Bible is for you and it's for you today. He's a now God. Healing is now. I wrote this down. I was having a small moment of uh, reflection. I should have spent a lot more time with it though. I wonder what would have happened if I decided to have a pity party, instead of sowing um, God's seed into my life for healing. I mean, I had plenty of reason to feel as if uh, I'd been dealt, you know, as I would say, the short order of a long stick. God had actually had a plan and a purpose for me. So the thing is, what you've got to understand is, do I need to cling on to my past and do I need to have that as my measuring stick? So I can go through, 
Uh, well, I had a pretty ordinary childhood. Um, I was always in trouble. I spent more time in trouble than I did behaving myself. And then when I finished doing that, then I went into the military. And in the military, I had to kill people. So that wasn't very good either. And then when I got out of the military, I thought, well, I was lucky I was still alive. So then I just did everything that I could do. And I drank a lot and and uh, messed around and did things that I shouldn't do. And uh, I was always looking for a fight. I was happy to get into fights because I knew I could win. I was very good. They taught me some very interesting skills. And I thought, well, you know, I got no need for them in, you know, society. So best thing to do is to use them. And then I got into martial arts and I did all that because I was very good at fighting. Okay, so I was, so at, at this point in time, in my way of thinking, had I really done anything worthwhile? Probably not. So uh, was I worthy of, of God blessing me and looking after me? As far as I was concerned, no. So he's not going to help me. So why should I believe in him? So you see how easy it is for you to actually judge yourself. It says, judge not yet ye be judged. So that means I don't judge you. So I shouldn't be judging myself either because that's not my job either. That's God's decision. But that's what grace is for. Grace through faith is there. It is more than enough. It says, when I become a born-again Christian, old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. So everything from that point on, okay, was all washed away. God doesn't look at it. He doesn't want us to look at it. So every time you want to ask God for something, you don't say, oh, yeah, but God, you know that thing I did last Tuesday at the surf club? Uh, just try and forget about that and look after this, all right? He goes, no, he doesn't want to do that. That's what Jesus is for. Jesus went to the cross at Calvary because he was fulfilling the Scriptures. In the Old Testament, what they used to do is they would get, this is where the term, you know, you know, you get all of these slang words and everything. It says, he said, oh, he's a scapegoat. So he's the one who's taken the fall for what I did. So I get there with Paul and I go, I'm going to blame Paul for stealing that block of chocolate, even though I stole it. So I'll, I'll hide some on him. And then so, you know, when, when they come, they go, he did it. He's a scapegoat. So because they've got somebody, it's like in the criminal justice system today, if they convict someone of a crime, they don't go looking for anybody else for the same crime because they've already got the person who was guilty. So in the Old Testament, you used to have a scapegoat. And what they used to do is they would get a goat and they would bring the goat in and everybody lay hands on the goat and all of their sins and all of their misforgivings and everything, they put onto the goat and then they release it into the wilderness. And there is the scapegoat. So he's taken all of the sins and everything that they'd done wrong away. So they were now cleansed and they could actually get on with asking God for stuff. Jesus 
was the ultimate sacrificial lamb. He come and he bore it all for us at Calvary. Every little bit of it for everything, for all your sicknesses, for all your diseases, for all of your misgivings, for all of your sin, for all of the things that you've done wrong in the life and all the things you're going to do wrong in your life. Okay? Because everybody falls short of the glory of God. So basically what we've got, Paul, just come here for a second. Okay. Stand on the other side of stand on the other side of the flag. Okay? This is what it is. Okay? God is there. You are here. And this is Jesus. Because God cannot look upon sin. And we all carry sin. So if this was not here and I go, hey God, can you help me with this problem? He turns away from me because he cannot look upon sin because God is God. So then Jesus comes along and he stands in the gap. So what I do is I go to Jesus and I say, you know, Lord, this is what I want. And Jesus turned around and said, Father, I said, I've carried his sin. So he's blameless. I've carried it all on me. So give him the desires of his heart. And God turns and says, okay, no problems. Done. That's basically it in the shortest possible version you could get. So that's what you've got to realize. God's word is designed to minister to individual needs at each level of spiritual growth. Now, 1 Corinthians 3 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3, Paul refers to the two levels of spiritual maturity within the body of Christ. He's talking about where we're at. What is it really all about? Okay? So the thing is, you are at a different level. Every single person in this room is a different level. And I learned this quite a while ago. I'd been, uh, I'd been healed for, uh, I'll give you a little clue for those that don't know, I used to be in a wheelchair, okay? As you can see, I haven't got my four-wheel drive with me anymore, okay? But the thing is, I'd only been out of the wheelchair probably, oh, let me see, March, okay, about six months I've been out of the wheelchair, no, 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 not from today. Sorry, no, no. I've been out for quite a while now. Okay. At 12.35, okay, on the 25th of March, 2006, God raised me up out of a wheelchair. Okay. I know that for a fact. Okay. But what I'm saying is I'd been out of the wheelchair, okay, just over six months. And I was asked... No, it was pretty longer than that because it was the next year. So, yeah, about nine months, okay. But I was I was in Bible college. And one of the pastors come and grabbed me and pulled me out of the Bible college and said, oh, you've got to come with us. 
there's this person that's really in a bad way and, and you need to talk to them. And I go, what do you mean? I said, well, they're sick and they, they need prayer and all this sort of stuff. I said, me? I said, me? Me? Little baby Christian? I'm an amateur? And they go, no, 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 no. Well, because you're in the wheelchair and that you can talk to this person. I said, oh, what's wrong with them? Oh, they're just sick. Sick. Okay. So I go over to what used to be the healing rooms, which was number five. And they used to have healing over there by appointment, all that sort of stuff like they do at the new healing centre uh, at number 5A. And I go in there and they go, oh, you know, this is this lady here. And I said, okay, so I said, what's, what's wrong? How can I help you? She said, and this is it. I'm a young Christian, just got to have a wheelchair. And they said, you come and talk to this lady because she's sick. And I go, and that's okay, no worries. So what's the first thing she does? She tells me exactly what's wrong with her, which is really scary when you don't know what you're doing. And she goes, oh, i got cancer and I'm dying and i got six weeks to live and have sent me home to die. And I'm going, oh, dear. <laughs> my heart just jumped into my throat and I'm, what can I say, you know? What do you say to a situation like that? Now, now, not a problem. I'm full of the word. I am a mature Christian. My spiritual walk is way up here and I could just boom, 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 boom. This is what your problem is. This is what you need to do and God's going to heal you. No problems. But I wasn't there, was I? This is what God's talking about. You're all at different spiritual levels. But it doesn't mean that you're not entitled to anything that he's got for you. You could be a non-Christian, you could be born one day, you could be six months in the job, you could be 10 years, you could be 30-year Christian and you fall sick and you say, God, this is what your word says, please heal me, job done, problem solved, move on, next. Not a problem. God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care where you're at. He will meet you where you're at. And you'll find out later how he met me where I was at. But just come back to this lady. I'm sitting there and I'm sort of like gagging on my words, not knowing what to do. And the first thing that she tells me is exactly what's wrong with her and how long she's got to live. Not a good way to start a conversation. Hi, my name's such and such and guess what? I'm dying in six weeks' time. They tell me you you can fix me. I can't do anything. Jesus is the healer. I'm just an instrument of his peace. And always remember that. Sometimes people are drawn to the pastor at the pulpit to lay hands on them because he's the one or she's the one that's going to create the miracle. He or she is not going to create the miracle. He or she is an instrument of God's peace. And what actually happens is that your level of faith combined with your level of faith brings God's healing into your body. So if I don't believe, I can lay hands on you all day, okay? All you're going to do is get a hot, sweaty hand all over yourself, okay? It's going to do nothing, okay? I need to believe, you need to believe, and then you can receive. That's what's got to happen. 
So the thing is, people's level of faith in healing in particular is at different levels. And that's why you have people that specialize in healing. Okay. And so like sometimes when you get someone like, like, um, what's his name that's coming? Uh, from Bethel, Bill Johnson. You get someone, Bill Johnson coming over here. There is an incredible anointing on that man for healing. So you need to go and listen to this guy because he's getting stuff directly from the throne room of grace. That's what he specializes in because we've all got different giftings and the giftings are at different levels. All right. I know for a fact that there is a gift of healing on me. Why? Because I don't think he's going to get me out of a wheelchair to make teas and coffees for people. Okay. He wants me to continue the work that he's done in me. So that's why I know I've got the gift of healing. Right. So he will use that. And over a period of time, I get to a stage where I will, I will be more attuned into what he's wanting me to do in that area. So this is what you got to understand. So I'm sitting there with this lady and she's just told me that she's dying. Okay. And I'm going, okay. What can I do for you? What a stupid thing to ask. What can I do for you? Well, she's dying. So obviously she don't want to die. But she said, he said, Oh, I want to be healed. Well, that's a good start because she wants to be healed. And I said, that's good. God can heal you. He healed me. And then she turned around and she said the thing that sent shivers down my spine. She turned around and said, yeah, but your faith is at a higher level than mine. That's why you got your healing. What do you do with that? Where do you go with that one? But thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. Because right that instance, the Holy Spirit sort of hit me and he said, tell her this. This is what I'm telling you today. This is where this is all leaving. I want my people well. That's the topic of this message. I want my people well. God is making a statement. He wants you well. And it's up to you to receive your own healing. But you have got to know that you can Take it for yourself. And the Holy Spirit told me that day, and he said, now listen, my level of faith has got nothing to do with my ability for God to heal me because he takes you where you're at. And I told him, same thing I just told you. I said, I know that I am well short of his favor if we're scaling it on good, okay, not so good, bad, terrible, just knocking on the door of hell waiting to get in, okay? God accepts you where you are. He does not discern, oh, Catherine, yeah, you've been good this week. I'll look after you. Uh, Bob, I don't know. You were watching that show the other day and you said some nasty things about my kitchen rules, so perhaps not today. And Mike, I don't know, you know, just not happening today, is it, mate? No. He doesn't do that. All of you are 
of equal worth in the kingdom of God. He loves every single one of you. And I just turned around and I said, listen, I said, it's like this. I know that if we were scoring who's a good Christian and who's a bad Christian, I wouldn't even get a D minus. They would actually probably just look at my assessment and go, ah, screw that up, put that one in the bin. That guy doesn't even come close to qualifying. So I asked her, I said, how long have you been a Christian? She said, oh, 35 years. And I go, well, whoa, look at that. you got a 30-year head start on me to start with. I said, but he healed me and he can heal you. And I said, you know, I said, I've always told my kids, I said, there's two things that are unacceptable in our household. You can do almost anything else except these two things. Don't steal and don't lie. Anything else you can get away with, right? But don't do those two things. And I said, I've never lied to you and I never will. And I turned around to this lady and told her the same thing. And I said, I'm telling you right now, if you believe in the word of God and know that his word says that you're healed, then you're healed. It's got nothing to do with qualifying for anything. You want to be healed? That's why you're here, obviously. Then God will heal you. And I said, you just let us pray for you now and you receive what God's got and then you will be healed. And she said, can my cancer be healed? And I go, yes. Are you sure? And I said, yes. Are you positive? I said, yes. I said, there's no doubt. You're healed. Right now. If you want it, you got it. Because that's what his word says. It's not my word. Don't trust my word. Trust his word. I trust his word and that's why I can tell you that. Right? That was in, um, that was in 2007. Okay? She still comes to the church every now and again. She normally comes around the same time. So she's probably due in March. She always pops up. Okay? Seven years later, she goes, Pastor you've done it again. I said, what have I done this time? Same thing I did last time. I said, yeah, I've made you get to another Christmas and you've had to buy presents for all your grandchildren. That's her biggest worry at the moment, having money to buy presents for her grandchildren. And she had six weeks to live because she believed, not me, the word of God. And that's what I want to do here. I want to make sure that every single one of you know, without a doubt, that the word of God stands today the same as it did when the Word of God was actually written by man through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Paul could not teach the Corinthian believers about deeper spiritual things because they were not mature enough to understand. They were baby Christians. And he had to feed them with milk. The basic principle of faith 
as you would feed a tiny baby. Hebrews 5.13 says, For everyone that, that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, and he is a baby. So what I'm saying here is you've got to understand that this is why it's vital. It's vitally important for believers today to believe that had Jesus has commanded the church to go forth in his name and to take part and fulfill the great commission and to lay hands upon the sick so they shall recover. And Jesus has made it his lifelong goal to install this into every single believer. Healing is God's masterstroke of evidence that he is alive and doing well. It is physical proof of his existence and his willingness to meet our needs on every single level. No two people are exactly the same spiritually. Each one is at an individual level of spiritual growth. But generally, there are mainly three categories that you fall into. All right? I won't go into that. It's another message entirely differently. But the main thing to remember here is that, yes, we are all at different levels. But God is only at one level. My word is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Jesus is the healer. Like we did with that song, believe in the healer. Okay, keep your eyes on the healer, not on the healing. So let's let's together decide to take that first step to focus on the healing from where it comes from. Where's your source? Okay? Don't look at the problem. Don't allow your feelings, okay, or your senses to dominate your body. They all say you get up in the morning, oh, oh, my gosh, my back, I feel like I've been hit by a truck, you know? You haven't been hit by a truck. You don't even feel like you've been hit by a truck. You just need to loosen up and manipulate the body a little bit. What's the hardest thing in going to work every day? It's actually getting out of bed. The rest of the day is a piece of cake, but getting out of bed. And everybody does it differently. Me, I set the alarm. As soon as the alarm goes off, I'm out of bed. Once I'm up, job done. Everything else is just a walk in the park. But people get there and they go, snooze number one, snooze number two, snooze number three, snooze number four. Oh, my God, I'm running late for work. And then their whole day is chasing after themselves. And they get home and they get, why am I so exhausted? I'm so exhausted because I've been going since day one. Give the first 10 minutes of your day to him and give the last 10 minutes of your day to him. Everything else will fall into place and eventually you'll start spending more time with him. 
You'll be getting up half an hour earlier to spend half an hour in prayer. Pastor Brian Wakeley that actually does this and mighty man of God, I have to say, he's here on a Tuesday. Not that I want you to defect and go to Tuesday. You stay here with me and bring others here because we're in the business of healing. But he, he, he spends an hour every morning and an hour every night with God. That's the first thing he does, right? Because the thing is, he's got into a habit of doing it. The guy's in his, in his senior years, and the thing is, anything you choose to do in life, your body is structured under the Word of God. How do I say that? It's under the Word of God. Why? Because if you do one thing for 40 days, it becomes a habit. And once it becomes a habit, it becomes automatic, and you automatically do the same thing all the time. And if you don't do it, your body's telling you, why haven't you done this? Is it not ironic that 40 days creates a habit in your natural life? So if you do the same thing every day for 40 days, you'll get to a habit where it becomes automatic. And if that means getting up 10 minutes before your alarm goes off, spending 10 minutes with God, you, the day that you miss that, your body is telling you you've missed it. So what did Jesus do? Oh, he went into the wilderness for 40 days. Oh, what happened with the Oh, rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, isn't there something rather significant about 40? Throughout the whole Bible, it's very, very significant about 40. And that's why your natural body and your spiritual body do exactly the same thing. So just try that. Ten minutes every morning and every night, do it for 40 days, see what happens. Okay? Because God is in the business of healing. And I'm in the business of letting you know what God's Word said. God's Word says it's healing. We could cut this meeting down to 10 minutes. So you come in, spend 10 minutes in prayer, God's in the house, he's going to heal you, get healed, walk out, bring in the next crew. All right? I want to see this place full. A hundred sick people walk through that door and then after the meeting, a hundred healthy people are going to walk out because that's what God does. Amen? Okay, we'll leave it there for now and uh, we will catch up next week when we will do part two of this seven-part series. So God bless you all and have a good week. This is Pastor Phil Barker signing off. Thanks for listening today to Grapevine Ministries with me, Phil Barker. If you enjoy this message, I encourage you to share it with someone and discuss it with a friend. Faith is better in community. You can also join in the conversation in our online community via the link in my bio or email me direct at grapevineministries155 at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to be notified when my next message is released. See you next time.